Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your Legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me. What's up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. Just end of the year is drawing ever closer, and the pressure is building to get all the stuff that needs to be done, done. It's true. I'm uh, I'm working out in a solar field right now. I haven't all year, really. And uh, we've had, st- we had, st- we had like a foot of snow last week, and then we've had two days of 50-degree weather and rain. So I went from wearing like uh, snow boots, like like up to my knees in snow, going through snow drifts, to today I sank in a mud pit so deep that I almost lost my boot. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So yeah, we got. It's. It, I feel like the weather is trying to fit in all the crazy New England weather by the end of the year as well. I so. know, right? It's uh, it's, it's wild. wild. It is wild. Uh, I did though, in all the craziness of Christmas shopping and. Uh, doing all the like end of the year cleaning and holiday stuff, I did fit in a sweet legacy tournament this weekend. Really? Okay. Well, before we get into that, I do want to thank our newest patron, Kevin Kiang. Thank you very much for joining the Patreon. We really appreciate the support. Um, let's see. We have. To, I just want to do a couple of housekeeping things. We have the Pioneer event this Friday, this uh, Saturday, December fourteenth at Etsy. That's gonna be a ton of fun. And um, Jerry, did you send me a Christmas card? Mm, no. Okay, because I got a I got a Christmas card, email a message. Uh, sorry, mailed to myself and my wife, and the person signed what I believe is Jerry Ryan, and my wife and I have no idea who that is. And I thought maybe you had a stroke when you were signing your last name and it signed. Weird. No, but it, like, was there like cash involved? Because I'll I'll like take credit it for was, it. It was a very simple Hallmark card. Uh, no, no, nothing inside, which is fine. I don't ask for anything inside. That's that's. It's nice enough to know though that someone's thinking of you. I just you. don't know who it is. We had a Jerry Ryan. <laughs> we had a Jerry Ryan send us a send us a letter, or you know, send us a Christmas card. And I don't know a Jerry Ryan. I had to go on Facebook uh, to see if I know any Jerry Ryans. I was don't. it addressed to you specifically? Maybe it was a wrong address. Uh, Patrick and a- Patrick and Amber Uglo. Yeah, that's very specific. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, was he trying just to, like, to like, you, sell you, know, you a condo or something? No, it's just a blank. It's just a card signed in blue ink, Jerry Ryan. And I'm like, did Jerry have a stroke <laughs> when he wrote when he wrote his name? Now, Pat, if I sent you a Christmas card, it would be you would know it first of all. I that's yeah, I, I thought that for because sure. it would just be me stretched out naked on a bearskin rug in front of a roaring fire, and there would just be a a little red Christmas ornament, you know, covering up the sensitive bits, and it would just say, "Thinking of you." <laughs> Merry Christmas. I was just thinking you'd just send me like a bunch of weed in it, but <laughs> may your Christmas trees always be green. But uh but yeah, so no, I know I wanted to ask that. I should ask should have gotten that out of the way in the pre-show, but um let's see. Yeah, so thank you again, Kevin Kang, um, for joining the Patreon. If you want to support the show, it's a huge help to us. Uh we can always use patrons, it helps offset the cost of running the show. Uh, and uh, you know, it's the end of the year, so it's the giving time. If you want to do that, uh it's patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Yeah. Pretty much it all goes to uh the leaving legacy events at this point. You know, 
Yep, the events. Well, it pays for our editor, which is yep. awesome because Justin Justin does cost us a lot of money. Uh, you know, he he's basically draining our accounts. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, Justin's Justin's the man. No, he's the best. Um, we couldn't ask for a better editor, honestly. Yeah. But it is how we go and fund things. Like uh, I'm working on getting some artists to show up to the next Leaving a Legacy open pat. So oh, I can't wait. Yeah, that's we got we got to really we're working on the Legacy Consortium. Um, I believe it was Robert Wilson messaged me on Twitter said that he actually sent the discord for us because uh somehow i haven't had the time to put 30 seconds together to create a discord channel so uh for some of the tos um so we're trying to get that together and uh yeah i'm, I'm excited man it's gonna be awesome the next leaving legacy open yeah we're looking to have some artists maybe maybe some cool food venues i don't know we'll see what we, can uh, do. we also we fun, locked though. in the date pad a couple of people have been messaging us if we've locked in a date and uh yes. it is set now i do believe yep you want to you want to yep. give the big reveal when the next leaving a legacy open is going to be Shit, I forgot. Let me look All it right. up. Right. Well, on. I know offhand, so I could just say it. I was. Oh, you do. I was, really? I was post. I was pitching you a softball, Pat, but apparently that softball wasn't as easy as I thought. I'm just <laughs> listen. I'm not really used to you trying to give me like the easy questions. I feel like you're always trying to trip me up. <laughs> so that's actually like shocking to me that you're trying to send me something that was like an easy, you know, like an easy question. Um, but it is February first. It is. We're locked in for February first. I was just meandering so I could look up good the cover. Answer. Good cover. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, February 1st, uh, the next LA Open. It'll be LA Open 6. Can you believe we've had six of these? Like, we've had five of these already, and this is our sixth Crazy, one. Crazy, man. Um, it's insane. Yeah, we got we got some good ones. We, we're hoping this is going to be bigger and better than all the other ones. Uh, I, I think we just want to keep making it bigger and better. I think the next one after this, we might think about making it a two-day event. and That would be awesome. Uh, really up in the States. That would be like a spring yeah, event. Yeah, that way, you know, give even more incentive for people to travel to, make Make it a, mm-hmm. a two-day event. Lots and lots of. I mean, we do side events already, but even maybe even bigger and better side events like a secondary tournament, almost either like yep. vintage or old school. Um, I think at this one, Jello wrestling for the one on February first. We've gotten some requests. Uh, I, I want to make it happen. Do a Legacy Unchained side event. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, basically, uh, Legacy Unchained is uh, a much more relaxed. Uh, band list basically like power nine workshops bizarre baghdad library of alexandria like those are still bands just because those are a bit ridiculous but all mm-hmm. the other fun cards like skull clamp and mind twist and yagamoth's uh bargain like all all of those things would be uh unbanned so do a legacy unchained mm-hmm. uh side event uh we're gonna get the uh artist to come sign oh speaking of that if anyone uh has like some good contacts with uh artists in the new england area that you could uh you know maybe put us in the contact with the right people i definitely appreciate that that make my life a whole lot easier and get in contact with these people uh but we want to get some great artists to show up get the food trucks to show up and as always you know all the headhunters and raffles and all the other cool stuff we do hell yeah it'll be awesome definitely um but is that kind of take care of the house cleaning pack can i talk about it does yeah it does. So let's talk about your tournament this week, this past week. Hell yeah. I was excited. This was like, so I mean, I've been going to F&Ms and all that uh, that I do regularly, but this is kind of like the first, uh, you know, bigger event that I've gone to since GP Niagara, I want to say, because mm. prior to that was like the Leaving a Legacy events where I was commentating, so I didn't get to play. Um, so yeah, this was like my first, like more than four round casual Friday night magic style legacy. And, uh, it was, it was good, man. It was good to get back out there and get into like a, a comp REL atmosphere. I missed it. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I've been down to ELD uh, a couple times. Once for one of their tournaments, once for one of their F and M's, and um, good good people down there for sure. Both times, yeah, I really enjoyed myself. Definitely, it's it's far enough away from uh, gaming, etc. That it's a different group of legacy players. So it's mm-hmm. nice, get, like getting to see that other uh, you know group of friends that I don't get to see at F and M that I only see at like the bigger events. So definitely, so, so that's yeah. nice. They had a really good turnout. Uh, it was sold out. They actually had to add additional tables. Um, nice. Because they sold out. I think uh, I want to say there was like forty people there. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. a little. Uh, actually, maybe it was capped at forty, and they sold that out. So uh, anyway, though, it was uh, it was sweet. Lots of different decks there. Uh, I will say, Pat. Everywhere I freaking looked, there was Oko. Oko's go more no all over the place. Oh, Oko, Oko, Oko. <laughs> Um, but I played my, uh, sneak and show standby and I figured, Oh, I'll just ignore Oku all day. It's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not, How that not so Pat, <laughs> uh, let's give it ahead a bit, but this was uh round two. Uh, it was either round two or round three. Uh, I was playing against Eli, uh, who's a, who's an awesome guy. He's, he's really active in the Facebook group too. It's always good to see him at events. Um, he was playing this uh, like bug control style list. Is is this Elijah yes, Hannon? It is. Yeah. Uh, uh, spoiler alert! Took down the tournament. If I'm yes, not mistaken, took down the tournament. Yep. So I don't. He also top eighted the last LAL Open. So the guy's been on. A yeah, keyboard. I mean he's just a good player. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, he was playing this uh, bug control list, and for my first time ever, Pat, my Emmercool got turned into an elk. Oh man, how did that feel? That must feel. I bad. like. I also like. I I definitely. It showed. I hadn't been in a comp REL event since uh, GP Niagara because uh, mm-hmm. I like didn't see this coming. I uh, have show and tell Emmercool. So my hand is like uh, show and tell Emmercool omniscience force of will, and I'm like mm-hmm. okay. I show and tell. If he doesn't have counter magic, I put in the omniscience and then I play Emmercool off the uh, off the omniscience. Win the game. All peachy yep. clean. Uh, if he does have a counter spell, I uh, force of will the counter spell, pitching omniscience, put an Emmercool off show and tell. I still probably win the game because my opponent's mana is uh, Island Tropical Island. Right. And this is like, this is game two. And I know mm-hmm. he's on bug. So, like, in my head, I'm like, okay, he uh, he's doesn't have double black, so he can't play Liliana. That's the three mana planeswalker sneak and show usually has to worry about Liliana the Veil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, right. Even if he, um, you know, he, like, he just, he doesn't have the Liliana mana, so I'm, I'm good there. He can't, he can't do anything about it. Um, so hopefully you're hoping to fade edicts based like like an edict effect. Yeah, and it's point. like okay, like maybe he goes black source uh, diabolic edicts, and if he does that, you know, whatever, good games. That's just life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, he doesn't have double black, so I have I have the force of will backup for any counter magic he has, and he doesn't have the mana to play Liliana the Veil. I'm I'm good here. I'm gonna go for it. Show and tell. He puts in like wasteland off show and tell. I'm like, okay, perfect. Uh, you know, this is great. Uh, and then he. Uh, uh, Oh, he he counters he like counters my show and tell I force pitch omniscience so and then I put in Emmercool off show and tell he untaps mm-hmm. slams Oko and turns Emmercool into an elk. <laughs> like, yeah, fair play, fair play. Can't yep. do anything about That'll that. 
Uh, so I was a bit salty. I was definitely on the Ban Oko train for a uh, a hot fifteen minutes after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Well, we get to yell at Gavin next week about another design mistake. Yeah. So. Um, I will say though, his list was uh, was very interesting uh, because uh, what was nice was he was running Bitter Blossoms, which. First of all, Pat, I think Bitter Blossom is criminally underplayed right now. I think Bitter Blossom is super good in the meta, um, mm-hmm. especially when you pair it with Oko, because then you just go like turn two Bitter Blossom, turn three Oko, turn the one one fairy into a three three elk. Now, <laughs> Oko's right. ticking up, making it really hard to kill Oko, and Bitter Blossom is pumping out three threes. Yeah, that's true. So, like, that was a very EV positive combo that he was running. And it worked out for him because, yeah, like we said, he ended up taking down the whole tournament with it. Nice. Um, very nice. So that was my one loss. And then my second loss was actually round one. I played Agro Loam, Pat, and I lost to Agro Loam, which. Really? Yeah, I mean, like. Sneak and show is like 95% favored against Agrolom, but there is still that. Yeah, I would think that it's probably a fairly good matchup. Like, <laughs> Agrolom, I think, is like Sneak and Show's hands down easiest matchup. Like, if I, could, if I really? could pick any deck in the history of Magic to play against, it would probably be Agrolom as the Sneak and wow. Show player. Like, that that matchup is so ridiculously favored, it's it's not even funny. I mean, that's why when we had Connor on a couple episodes episodes ago, Connor, Connor Folsey is a very famous Agrolom player. There's a reason why he hates on Sneak and Show so much <laughs> like <laughs> like aggro loam is sneak and show's easiest matchup and sneak and show is aggro loam's hardest matchup but uh mm. yeah uh aggro loam player was just able to land like wasteland thalias all day and i just i just couldn't get around it i couldn't get the mana Damn. together and he beat me down before i got the mana to actually uh you know go to the face with any big creatures um my other wins though uh were pretty straightforward i mean uh i'm trying to remember i played against a delver deck uh, that I beat pretty quickly, and I played against a. I'm trying to remember what the. F- oh, and then I played against the mirror match, um, though they were running uh, Cunning Wish, so yep. I uh, I would have lo- lost that matchup. This is round five. Um, I would have lost that matchup, but my opponent actually had a go, so he ended up uh, just scooping to me. So oh, nice. We'll take uh, it. Realistically, I went two three at the day, Pat. But uh, my opponent was nice, so I ended up uh, closing out the day with a respectable three two. Very nice and a good and a good showing. Yeah, it seems like a good yeah. time. And I mean, I was going to be there anyways because uh, uh, my buddy Josh rode with me. Uh, we had him on the mm-hmm. cast a little while ago, Joshua Higgins. Yes, sir. Yeah, very uh, very nice guy. He was killing it. He was running uh, a Lurin, and mm-hmm. he ended up coming in second place, losing to Eli in the finals. Oh, very cool. Well, not cool that he lost, but cool that he made it to top to top eight and the second place is pretty uh, pretty great. Yeah, Josh has been doing great. I mean, his, his results have consistently been getting better and better and better. And like, it's funny. I'm I'm long in the tooth, way past my prime in legacy, uh, hobbling along, and he's the young buck coming on up, uh, getting those results, getting a taste of victory. So <laughs> it's 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 really nice watching watching him play and like watching that drive that he has um, because you know he he very much. Uh, it, you know, knows what he do- like. He, you know that you, you know what you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You know that saying. Like he's sure <laughs> he's very much like he knows what he doesn't know, and he wants really badly mm-hmm. to get better, and works really hard at getting better. And it's it's really nice to see his hard work paying off, and him start to very start nice. to get those results. 
That is awesome. That is awesome to hear. Um, so, yeah, he was killing it with Aluren. Uh, Aluren is really good in the meta right now, uh, he was saying, uh, especially with, like, all the Abrupt Decays. Abrupt Decay mm-hmm. is just insane being able to have that uncounterable answer for so many problem permanents that are out there right now. I'm looking at you, Oko. <laughs> um so uh yeah he ended up coming in second place and i I got to stay there and uh you know watch him navigate through top eight very cool yeah very very cool uh yeah but that was that was my tournament um you know go i'll I'll go into the o2 scoop get a sandwich uh bracket that cyrus likes so much Uh, first of all, it's O three number one, and number two, it's uh, a lot of great players have been known to go into the O three sandwich bracket and uh, and go on long diatribes about their wonderful subway subs. So, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't crap on them too hard, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Those blue those awesome. blue red players everywhere. You know, you know how it is. You better watch yourself. Um, all right. Well, we got. I know we're doing a shorter episode today because we both got a lot of stuff going on this week, but we did want to go over the GP Bologna results. I know it was two weeks ago now, right? Yeah. But uh, but we did want to kind of touch on it because we don't want to wait another because we're having Gavin on next week. And man, I mean, I know the the legacy metagame moves slowly, but covering a tournament a month after it happens is not a great thing. So uh let's go over magic fest bologna which took place on uh the 29th of uh november hell yeah so as of recording that was about 12 days ago so mm-hmm. about 19 days ago by the time this episode comes yep, out yep solid <laughs> solid three weeks solid three weeks but that's okay good stuff um so yeah i mean pretty diverse uh uh top eight i i think uh, this is a pretty healthy meta that we're seeing here outside of just the okos everywhere yeah, so we saw. Um, let's just run down the top eight real quick. We had um, Mark Voigt in first uh, on Miracles, uh, Tristan Potzel on Sultai Zenith Oko, which is probably a very spicy. Yeah, deck we're list. gonna dive into that deck uh, list. That deck list is sweet. Franco Ciccini on on Blue Red Delver, uh, Lorenzo Tassone on Sultai Delver. We had Andreas Gans Wait. on Dredge, Matt Brown on Sneak and Show. Did you say Blue White Yana- Delver? Uh, no, Blue Red oh, okay. Delver. I just want to make sure I did. Did I say Blue I, White? I thought I meant, you did, I but meant maybe Blue I'm Red. Just hallucinating. Andre, Andreas Gans, Gans on Dredge, uh, Matt Brown on Sneaker Show, <laughs> Yannick. What? I said whoop. Okay. Uh, Yannick de Flurin on uh, Selesnia Eldrazi, which is uh, Green White Eldrazi. And then Andrea Mangucci on Saltai Delver. Oh, Mangucci. Hell yeah. Mangucci doing those legacy videos. Hell yeah. Um, so I want to run down this topic because I haven't really got a chance to look at these deck lists yet. There's um, some spice in here. Council. There's some real spice. Should we start with uh, the first place and work our way down? Sure. So, yeah. I Well, I mean, this is a crazy Miracles deck list because it's splashing green first and foremost. Holy crap. What is going on? Miracles is now playing green. That's how powerful green is in the meta. It's running for the green, three Oko and two Veil of Summer, which honestly, I don't blame the guy. Like both of those cards. And two Ice Fang Coatl. And two Ice Fang Coatl. Yeah. Like, I mean, yep. both both Oko and Veil of Summer alone, just having uh, Ice Fang Coatl uh, added on is also really good. Um, Josh was playing that alone. He he was singing Ice Fang uh, Coatl's praises all weekend, so I can, I can definitely see the benefit of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, this is a vastly different Miracles list than we're used to seeing. Yeah, it's kind of wild, right? <laughs> yeah, so we got only a single Tundra. Uh, so actually, fairly cheap as far as uh, getting in on the, the mana base here. 
Um, yeah. Not too bad with only a single tundra. Uh, two Mystic Sanctuary, one Tropical Island, four volcanic strand. Uh, sorry, four flooded strands, one polluted delta, four misty rainforest, one snow covered plains, five snow covered islands, and one snow covered forest. Two Ice Fang Quaddle, three Snapcaster, three Terminus, four Ponder, one Entreat the Angel, one Teferi Time Raveler, three Oko, two Jace, four Force of Will, one Counterspell, two Veil of Summer, Busted Card, four Swords of Plowshares, <laughs> four Brainstorm, and two Force of Negation. Man, this is starting to get to the point where, like, I don't even, I think we need to start coming up with new names for these decks because they're just so different from the traditional build of what we think of. Like, it, it almost feels like it, it's, it does an injustice to just call this miracles. This feels like it has a little more proactive a game plan than, the, than traditional miracles where it was spin top, spin top, spin top, finally entreat, you know, terminus, terminus, entreat, uh, where, like, between like Ice Fang, I mean, I know Ice Fang is a one-one, but they have a few more creatures in the main deck here. Um, a card like obviously Jace we is known to close out a game fairly quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, just to Fairy Time Raveler and Oko just making your threats either irrelevant, you know, making your threats irrelevant, and then uh, making your spell, your instance irrelevant. Uh, Veil of Summer being like the the be all, you know, kind of like the. The uh, end all uh, counterspell winner. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's uh, quite interesting, actually. Yeah, I think what's pretty telling also is that they're eschewing the Monastery Mentor. We're not seeing the Monastery Mentor package anymore. Right. There's one in the sideboard. That's yeah. It. So it's it's going more for more towards like the control style with the Planeswalker board presence domination and then just going for the haymaker of a single and treat the angels to close out the game. Mm-hmm. So many new cards, like, in these lists here. You know what I mean? Like, between... So, Ice... Let's see. Ice Fang, the Teferi and Oko, both printed this year. Uh, Mystic Sanctuary, um, which is what brought Miracles back to the forefront of the meta. Like, that... Yep, Veil of Summer was in M20. Uh, let's also not forget, uh, uh, as far as like, even though they're not technically new cards, the fact that it's running snow covered uh, basics, that is very much a indicator of the change of the 2019 because of Astrolabe. If Astrolabe hadn't been printed, I guarantee you those wouldn't be snow covered lands in the in the deck. Well, they would be for Ice Fang because it turns on True. the uh, yes. the, the, yes. uh, the death touch. Yeah, but the death touch. Yes, I know. I agree. If it, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's running a carpet of flowers in the sideboard, too. So this guy's just waiting to just play against a bunch of blue soup all day. Yeah, well, the Carpet of Flowers, I think, is like if you're running green already, you might as well. Like Carpet of Flowers mm-hmm. is a very, very powerful mirror breaker for the control decks. Like get, mm-hmm. having access to that much mana is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Also, going back to Josh's example from playing Aluren at the uh, Time Vault Games tournament this weekend, um, he runs Carpet of Flowers in his Aluren deck, and he casts so many Alurens for free off of Carpet of Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, this, it's a sweet list, um, really just shows kind of how, what a huge power boost green has had in 2019. That's the only thing I'm like, I'm okay with the changes of 2019. It's like, yeah, a lot of these cards are busted, but at least a lot of the cards are green. Whereas green has traditionally not really gotten the most love in, in the legacy meta in, in years past. Sure. Yeah. Like if all these busted 2019 cards were blue, I think people would be complaining a hell of a lot more. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Well, let's. I mean, speaking of green, we can go right on to Saltai Zenith Oko yeah. in, in second here. Uh, speaking of green, you know, talking about green, four Ice Fang Kawaddle, two Leovold, 
uh, a questing beast, two Corsair Crucifix, one of my personal favorite cards, a Scavenging Ooze, Tireless Tracker, uh, noble, two Noble Hierarch, Which is two interesting. Two Noble Hierarch, not four, yep. two. Yep. Yep. Two of those, two Plague Engineer. Uh, I think the reason is they're also running two Gilded Goose, <laughs> yeah, so that probably splits. Noble Hierarch, Gilded Goose split. If if when the, if when Gilded Goose, Goose was spoiled and you would tell me that people were going to start doing a 2-2 split with Noble Hierarch, I would have called you crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Goose is loose in this Just list. not uh, the Goose green, we're used to. <laughs> no, exactly. Four Green Suns, uh, two Arkham's Astrolabe, four Oko, one Jace, two Abrupt. Four Force of Will, four Brainstorm, and a Sylvan Library. Yep, and then for the land Man. land package, one Dried, one Bayou, one Underground Sea, one Tropical Island, three Polluted Delta, two Wasteland, four Misty, three Varian Catacomb, one Snow-Covered Swamp, two... And a bunch of Snow-Covered yeah, snow- <laughs> I guess uh, What do you think of this list? Uh, it's sweet. I would never have expected it to like be like a top eight deck. Um, like when I see this, like I look at this and I'm like, oh, this is like someone's fun deck where they're like, it, it looks like kind of like uh, a variation of like blue Maverick or blue aggro. Like it's just, it's just a pile. It's a pile of green based cards. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Well, like I know they're, they're, they're classifying it as Sultai Zenith Oko. Is there an, another name that we know this deck better as? No, I mean, I would. I mean, once again, there are so many new cards in this list, right? Like P- Plague Engineer, Oko, Astrolabe, Gilded Goose, uh, the uh, what is it? The Veil of Summers, the Ice Fang Coatles. Yep. Like, this isn't really like uh, indicative of any like previous deck archetypes we've seen prior to yeah. twenty nineteen. Interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, one nice thing, I guess, about Astrolabe that you can say is it does allow these people to run very low numbers of dual lands, like mm-hmm. one Trop, one Underground, one Bayou. And then in the Miracles list, it was like one Tundra, one um, Tropical Island. So, I mean, that is at least nice on the budgets of these legacy decks that you can have a functioning legacy deck with new cards and like low amounts of dual lands it, it enables people to like get into these decks a lot easier mm-hmm. yeah. so that that is nice though i can definitely see you know why people don't really like like both this and the miracles list they just kind of feel like here's a pile of good cards astrolabe just makes it way too easy to just play all the good stuff right so is black in here just for Plague Engineer and Abrupt Decay, huh? Yeah, but I mean, honestly, the both of those cards do really great roles in the meta right now that it's worth playing. Uh, oh, also Le- one leyline. Also the Leavold. Sideboard. How much do you love that one? Le- uh, the the, the Leavold as well. The one leyline of the void. Oh, the, the, the one leyline. What the hell? <laughs> two two carpet of flowers though. Another another green decks. You know that's going to play carpet of flowers in the sideboard because if you're playing against blue soup all day. It's just a great card. Yeah. Speaking of, I remember when Carpet of Flowers was a fifty cent card, and now they're up to sixteen, no, seventeen bucks. Yeah, I bet I have a couple of those in my uh, my box. I'm pretty sure I still have a bunch of Carpet of Flowers in my like bulk box. So remember <laughs> to go through your bulk, guys. Carpet of Flowers that is seeing a lot of play in the meta, and it hasn't seen a reprint in years. So those are good things to pull out if you uh you know you might have some extra dollar dollary dues lying around. Uh let's see. Uh blue red delver in third. Let me go down this list real quick. This is on the wasteland package. Four dreadheart arcanist, two true name nemesis, four delver, three young pyromancer, one brazen borrower. Speaking of expensive cards, that thing blew up in price. 
It it should not be twenty three dollars. I'm really glad I got my foils for Sneak and Show when it got spoiled because I probably yeah, would not I still have to get mine. In, would not be getting I still have to get my Japanese copies. Uh, I don't know if I'm sold on that card to be honest though. Uh, it's been good in Sneak and Show. Like I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. What I like about it in Sneak and Show is that. Like, say I just have an early victory game one. Like, I, I don't see anything mm-hmm. out of my opponent. Like, I just do, like, the turn one show and tell my opponent scoops him up and I'm sideboarding in yep. the blind. Brazen Borrower is a card that I can bring in as just an answer for anything that they could bring in because I'm in the blind. I have no idea what they could be doing. But if mm-hmm. it's permanent based, at least I have Brazen Borrower as an answer. And if it turns out that they just don't have anything that I can bounce, at the very worst, it's a threat that I can deploy and actually start beating down with. Sure. Yeah, I see that. I can see that. Um, let's see. Ponder, Fort Bolts, Chain Lightning, Preordained. Date. So nothing crazy in the main deck here. They are on the Stifle package, which I'm surprised that's uh, a Stifle deck made it into top eight. I don't feel like that card's super great right now, but uh, this I, guy got into it. With I it. feel Stifle is that card where it doesn't matter how good it is in the meta. There's always going to be the camp that says Stifle is always good, and there's going to be the camp that says that Stifle is always bad, and the meta be damned. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, I'm like, I've just never been sold on Stifle as a card. Exactly, and that's and that's what it is. Like, you either think Stifle's good or you don't. And yeah. I think the actual, like, I think Stifle is pretty much always equal in the meta as the meta shifts because. It's not like people are changing the number of fetch lands they're running. Like, right, like the number right. of fetch lands is pretty much constant. As far as legacy goes, the one thing that's constant is fetch lands. So yeah. I think Stifle is always about equal to how good it is. And it's just individual people's perceptions about whether it's good or not. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Moving on to the Saltai Delver deck, Lorenzo Tassone. Um, Running down the deck list here for Tarmogoy, for Delver, a Plague Engineer, two Bitter Blossom, a card that you said is underplayed right now, which I kind of agree. Yeah, I actually think uh, this is the list that Eli was playing in the tournament. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. He is definitely a guy who is looking to uh, like be on the top of the metagame here. Uh, two Thoughtseize, two Inquisition, four Ponder, three Oko, four Brainstorm, two Abrupt Decay, four Force, four Days, a Drown in the Lock, three Fatal Push. And then uh, the land package is just a bayou, three underground sea, three trops, four wastelands, three misties, three polluted deltas, and three verdant catacombs. This deck just does exactly what like a, a bug delver deck does, right? Yeah. What's what's interesting though is so like the original bug delver lists were um, delver of secrets, and well, even before Deathrite Channel was printed, it was like delver of secrets and Tarmogoyfs uh, and Dark Confidants were like the creature package. And it was like it was very aggressive and, and also like Tomb Stalkers before Gurmag Angler was printed. And then mm-hmm. Deathrite Shaman was printed and we got into like Gurmag Anglers and Deathrite Shamans and Delvers, but Tarmogoyf still. Now it, um these de- bug delver lists feel a bit more controlling. They're going from the more uh like tempo aggro package to a much more controlling package where yes, it's still running the Tarmogoyfs and Delvers, um, but it's it's relying more on the planeswalkers. Like right. it used to be kind of a bad sign seeing Jaces in your Delver decks because Jason Delver were kind of split personality as far as what the deck wanted to do. Either you mm-hmm. want to win on the tempo matchup early with the Delvers, or you want to go along with the Jaces, and you end up kind of just like falling flat on your face in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. Oko plus Delver, though, definitely seems to be uh, you know working in conjunction a bit better, at least from like yeah. what I was seeing Eli's deck perform. Um, and once again, also just having that Bitter Blossom Oko combo is pretty sweet as far as just pumping out three threes every turn. Yep absolutely um let's see 
There's a dredge deck list, which I don't know how far we want to go into this. Um, mm. Anything interesting here? Insulin? Insulin in the NA. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I've seen that pop up once in a while. It's been a while since I've seen a dredge deck list with insulin DNA in it, but it's a, it's a single red for a 1-1 vampire. has menace, and you can discard a card, sacrifice, insulin DNA, draw a card. So that just seems like a nice way to cycle through your deck with uh with dredge yeah also another addition at least from the last time we've talked about dredge because it's been a hot minute is the addition of fiery islet so that's the blue red uh canopy land the pay one life mm-hmm. add blue or red pay one and tap sacrifice a draw card um yep when that was spoiled i don't think we talked about that much as a as an alternative but now that i see it in the list that actually makes a lot of sense uh for a dredge deck being able to have that uh that instant speed draw card in your land like that's that's yeah, pretty totally. nice um also being able to cast uh faithless looting and breakthrough is a is a big bonus cuz those are yeah on a single yep yep on a single land it is very nice so absolutely yeah i do like the fire islet uh addition to the deck uh the sneaker show deck anything interesting here it looks like a uh your typical omniscience sneak and show. Deck. Uh, yeah, so he's running the days package. I'm not a big fan mm-hmm. of the days package. Um, it just it doesn't like. So when you want days the most is turn one, and when you're turn one comboing, you're often doing it off of an ancient tomb lotus petal, so you don't have an island to bounce with days anyways. And mm-hmm. then when you're comboing later in the game, uh, there's just too many times I've run into where my opponent just has the mana to pay for it. Um, so I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of days in the list. Other people do like it. I think it's just kind of a different play style. This isn't, I wouldn't be, I would rather have additional cantrips. That's interesting. I'm wondering how you'd feel like, you know, like because you see so much Oko right now and people are stretching to get to that three mana if days is going up in value. Yeah, I mean that that might be the case. Um, it actually. Lo- I'm just I'm just guessing. I mean, I'm I'm not like. You know. So the thing is, is so he's running days over the two spell pierce, two flusterstorm split. I just realized that. So typically, when I see the days, people are running it over the preordains. He is running the mm-hmm. full four preordains, but he cut the spell pierce and flusterstorms. Um, mm-hmm. Which I mean, that makes it he's just switching slot for slot. So that mi- much makes sense. I still feel like I would rather the spell pierces and uh, flusterstorms because the spell pierce is going to be especially good against Oko, and the flusterstorm mm-hmm. really helps you seal up those counter wars. Mm. Um, mm. But I mean, maybe they're onto something because I have noticed uh, I've been less and less impressed with flusterstorm in the main deck because of all the Veil of Summers running around. Right, like, right. Veil of Summer is actually a huge problem card for Sneak and Show where it just blows you out, and I've had situations where like i set up for like a counter war where i have like show and tell force of will and then even if they have another thing i'll do i'll I have the fluster storm backup and then they just like hit, hit you with the the veil of summer and it just it's still the end all be all mm-hmm. um so yeah uh i i, I think this list is, is pretty uh standard of what we've seen i think you, you can make the choice on the days or not i'm not sold on it but i'm i'm definitely yeah. prepared to be convinced otherwise if you know sure. people have been having a lot of success with it i haven't tried the days list in since before gp niagara I, I was the last time i tried the days list so i'll give another go and see if the meta has shifted to make it a bit better yeah um let's see seventh place oh, uh, you know seventh place in this list here is uh yannick's list of greenway aldrazi uh, this deck is this deck list is pretty cool. Um, I want to go down it real quick because it's like a like a big death and taxes list almost. It's running four Thalia, 
uh, Guardian of Thraben, two Thalia Heretic Cathar, two Palace Trailer, four Reality Smasher, four Eldrazi Displacer, four Thought Not Seer, four Walking Ballista, three Once Upon a Time. Yeah, that's the spice, man. <laughs> yep, yep. Four Chalice of the Void, four Mox Diamond, and then three Caracas, a Savannah, four Caverns, a City, and two Windswept Heath. Yeah, I think, I mean, when we were looking at Once Upon a Time, I don't think anyone immediately jumped to Eldrazi as the deck that really wanted Once Upon a Time. But mm-hmm. once again, like seeing it in this list, it kind of all comes together. Yep. Four Eldrazi Temple, four Wasteland, four Ancient Tomb, two planes. Sorry, I missed those. Yeah. <laughs> those very important lands. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's just pretty cool. A pretty cool list, actually. Um, I, I liked Eldrazi Displacer. I played like a uh, variant of, of like a white Eldrazi list like forever ago when Eldrazi was a newer deck. And I liked Eldrazi Displacer. Just never felt like it never felt like it was in the right place in the deck, if that makes sense. Um, but this is I like this list with with Thalia with six Thalias and uh, and uh, walking ballistas. I really like this list quite a bit, actually. Uh, also, what I love is in the sideboard he's running Containment Priest. Containment Priest Eldrazi Displacer mm-hmm. is a sick combo because Eldrazi Displacer it is very sick. Uh, flickers a permanent, and with a Containment Priest in play, it actually just straight up removes it because. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's coming into play and it's not been cast, so Containment Priest says bye bye. <laughs> Very cool. So yeah, when you're getting into those more drawn out, it's Containment Priest in this sideboard isn't just an option to bring in for Sneak and Show or Reanimator or like one of those other combo decks. It can also be brought in against the more uh controlling grindied matchups as a way of just mm-hmm. like three mana exile target creature. Yep. Very, um, very cool. Yeah, I freaking hate Eldrazi Displacer, Pat, because I once had an Emrakul bounced by an Eldrazi Displacer for like four turns in a row. <laughs> <laughs> like I had Emrakul in play, and my opponent just kept Eldrazi Displacing it in my upkeep. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, and finally, uh, Andrea Mancucci on Bug Delver, Saltai Delver. Um, let's see. This is the Gurmag Angler version with two Gurmags, four Tarmos. Four Delvers, four Thoughtseize, four Ponder, two Oko, four Brainstorm, two Abrupt Decay, two Force of Negation, four Days, four Fatal Push, four Force of Will, uh, a Bayou, four Underground Sea, two Tropical Island, four Polluted Delta, four Wasteland, a Misty, and four Verdant Catacombs. Yeah, uh, a Kind of similar to the Bug Delver list we talked about before, but Mm -hmm. Manguji's list feels a bit more traditional. Um, Mm -hmm. Really, the only kind of aberration there is the Okos instead of, like, say, Liliana, which it's sad to say Liliana the Veil. Like, Liliana the Last Hope is already pushing uh, Liliana the Veil's market share down. Now Oko Mm -hmm. is just straight up, like, I can't remember the last time I saw a list in a top eight that sleeved up Liliana the Veil. It has been so yeah. long, Pat. And that used to be, like, arguably the best Planeswalker. Like, Jace always had the kind of top reigns, but Liliana was always right there with him. Yep. Now, like, we're seeing neither of them get sleeved up. Like, what is going on? <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm not a huge fan of the bu- the Bug Delver decks. Oh, I love it. It's not Delver. my favorite play style. Bug Delver has always um, been my favorite version of, yeah. like, bu- like, Bug in general is my favorite three-color combination deck. Like, yeah. it, just, it just feels so right, Pat. It feels so right. I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right. Well, that's GP Bologna. We're going to drop this um, MTG uh, meta link in the show notes because it's actually really cool. They have, uh, like, a matchup matrix of the top. I think it's, uh, looks like, top 10 performing decks versus the other top 10 perform- versus, like, you know, like, you know how the matrix goes where you, like, you look across and 
down and you'll see. Just look at the link. It's pretty cool. Uh, they have lots of information on there. And I think uh, someone, one of our listeners, because I know we talked about it with Travis, is going to connect us with uh, whoever's running this site because it is a pretty cool site. And I'd like to see more legacy stuff in this uh, in this website. For sure. Hell yeah. Yep. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, we are going to head out of here quickly. But, Jerry, before we do, let's get into some scoops and poops. Scoops. Who are you scooping in top eight this week, Jerry? Scooping in a top eight. I want to scoop in all the guys and gals over at ELD Time Vault Games for an awesome tournament this Saturday. It felt good uh, getting back in on the player side of Comp REL and not being the commentator. So uh, thanks for helping me kind of shake the rust off of my Comp REL uh, play styles. Nice. Any poops? Uh, Christmas music, man. I'm already. I'm sick of it. I'm already sick I, of Christmas music. I got whammed on fucking December fourth. Oh, I was not happy. I have not been whammed yet, Pat. Thank you for reminding oh. me because yeah, I have. I have not had the wham effect. I've. I've. <laughs> I've stared into the eyes of Whamageddon and... Uh, I think we might be yeah. drunk because I think last year I had Justin use Wham as the outro music to our Oh, Christmas you song. did. <laughs> oh, we were, got a lot of angry letters about that. People were super... I think Rich... I think Rich... <laughs> Spoonholtz, I think he threatened us. Actually, <laughs> he was. I think. He, I think. I think it was him. I remember someone being livid, like really livid. <laughs> For those who don't know, uh, Wham's Last Christmas is kind of a meme. Everyone sees like how far into December you can go without hearing the song. It's the worst. It's the worst Christmas song. I actually love it. It's one of the few Christmas what? songs that I actually like. Oh, it's so like it's so breathy. It's the. It's just like ugh. I just want to punch him in the uh, throat. I'm all about it. So there are only no. there are only like there are only three three Christmas songs that I like. Pat, the rest of them I think can just burn in a fire with. Okay, all right. Top three Christmas songs. Go. Uh, Wham's Last Christmas, number three. Yep. Does L- L- swing and a miss. Continue. <laughs> uh, Carol of Bells by tr- especially the Trans Siberian Orchestra version. Oh yeah, of course. Because I mean that's yeah. like just metal as fuck. <laughs> Super good. <laughs> Which yeah. is not something and- you could say about many uh, Christmas songs. <laughs> It's, sure, it's sure, metal sure, as sure, fuck. Sure. <laughs> uh, and number one, uh, it'll always hold a special place in my heart because of its comedic value. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Hands down. I've only heard that song like once in my life. Are you serious? Impressed. Yeah. Dude, it has an entire movie based around it. Yeah. Man, I guess so. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Always going to be my favorite Christmas song just because it makes me smile every time I hear it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I hear that. But for real answer, Trans-Siberian Orchestra is Carol of Bells. But honestly, yeah, Car- Carol of Bells is a good one. I, that's definitely in my and, top three. And you know why? You know why Carol of Bells is such a good Christmas song? Because it wasn't originally a Christmas song. It was just a regular song that the church co-opted to make into Christmas music. It was a Christmas song. It was a Christmas song. No, no, no. Carol of Bells is a Christmas. song. Oh wait, you song. know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of Green Sleeves. Green Sleeves is not a, is not a Christmas song, but the but that's but the correct. church just just co-opted. Green it. Sleeves is about Anne Boleyn, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, um so yeah so uh that is uh that's in my top three my other top th- my other top would be uh let me think um i liked i saw mommy kissing santa claus no that's weird that's like scarring for children it's not scarring yeah that's such a uh, and like. let's see what else is good <laughs> um hmm i'm kind of stumped right now uh yeah, I can't think of another Christmas song that I really enjoy. I, I like most Christmas music generally, though, to be honest with you. I think most Christmas music um, But Wham's Last Christmas is the only Christmas song that I just want to punch someone in the throat. Last Christmas, 
I yeah, gave you you're not you're not helping. Uh, this week I'm, gonna, I'm scooping in the top eight. I'm scooping in uh, our friend Jeremy Aronson, <laughs> who made a huge announcement this week about hosting some massive legacy tournaments over the course of the next year. Uh, just when he thought he was out, we pulled him back in, and I love it. Uh, he sold a bunch of grab bags, and it's convinced him to stay in the game for another year. So he's going to be running a couple legacy twenty ks and a legacy forty k this year. Hell yeah! Which is which is pretty amazing. Um, we're going to have him on the podcast, of course, because he's he's just he's an awesome to and uh, Jerry and I are definitely making down to one of his tournaments this year, or I guess early next year. We can't wait; it's going to be a ton of fun. What we need to do as soon as uh, the dates get announced, Pat, we just need to buy the plane ticket and commit. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, and I don't have any poops this week, man. I'm feeling good. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying this time of year. Um, I love the I love the cold. I love the snow. Uh, and I'm just I'm excited for Christmas, man. It's gonna be a great time. Yeah, especially last Christmas. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> next week we have Gavin on, so don't forget to send in your questions for Gavin. We're not gonna ask them all because we've had a ton of them. We yeah, um, we have had a ton. Of, also, so Aiden Riley sent us like uh, basically a book's worth of uh, of of questions. Yeah, but uh, I appreciate Aiden because all of Aiden's questions are good. Like so many questions, I look on there and it's like, guys, Gavin is a senior designer at Wizards R&D. Gavin is not, in fact, himself a wizard who controls right. <laughs> all a wizard. Like, exactly, yeah. like, people ask him some ridiculous things that he has just, like, no control over. Like, you might as well right. ask him. Yeah, it's no, like- I mean, that's going to happen. So make, you know, like, really really consider your questions. Don't just throw it out there and be like, ban the reserve list. It's like, that's not, we're not going to talk about that again. <laughs> we don't, we're not going to talk about it again. We don't want, we don't want Gavin to be, like, the, uh, the store clerk who just has to look at you and go, listen, buddy, I just work here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, send us some good questions for him. We're, of course, going to ask the ones, the best, you know, as many as we can. And I'm looking forward to it, man. It should be a really good time. Hell yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Well, that's it for us this week. Um, let's see. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe to stuff that we do. You can find uh, the podcast Twitter handle at LALMDG. Find Jerry at JMEE3RD. Uh, I'm at Pat Uglo. The stream is twitch.tv slash Living Legacy. You can find us on Patreon, find us on Hipsters, join the Facebook group. You can email us your Christmas wish list, leaving a legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. And of course, thanks to Justin Lutz. He's our audio tech. Lut- Lutz. I don't know why I said Lutz. What's wrong with me? I think I just stroked out myself. I think I think it's just Jer- the Jerry Ryan's coming through. Maybe I blacked out and sent myself a, a Christmas like card and then signed it Jerry Ryan. Maybe. It's a possibility. It's possible. Pat. It's possible. Anyway, Just Lutz, our audio tech sound engineer, uh, he's fantastic. He's doing this one on short notice, and we we love him for it, and we appreciate it. And uh, also, fun fact: he is actually the ghost of Christmas past. Did you know that? We're Marley and Marley. We're Marley and Marley. Really? Yeah. I guess if you're going to be any ghost, the ghost of Christmas past is the best one to be. Yeah, he was the fun one. Right, he's the he's the. I mean, he's like the big fat jolly guy. He definitely played offensive tackle somewhere in college. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's Justin. Justin. Oh wait, no, that's Ghost of Christmas Present. I think. No, that's Ghost of Christmas Past. I remember. I just I just watched Muppet Christmas Carol the other day with my kids. Wait, there's other Christmas carols besides Muppet Christmas Carol. No. Yeah. Okay. Good. Scrooged. Actually, no. We have to. We have to allow for Scrooged. That's a good one. Okay. All right. I'll allow that. Bill Murray's, Bill Murray's classic. Come on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I actually rewatched um, Zombieland the other day, the first one. Uh, this was probably like a month or two ago. <laughs> and Bill Murray is so fucking good in that movie. Yeah, he is. When he's on his deathbed and they're like, do you have any regrets? And he goes, eh, 
Maybe Garfield. <laughs> it's like, it's so, and then he just like, his, he's a national treasure. He, does, he just, he like, he like looks at Michael Sarah's character and like, like, like knowing that you shot, you shot Bill Murray and his dying breath, he goes, he like, he like exhales and then takes another breath and exhales again. <laughs> It's so good. Oh, oh fuck! It's so good. And that—that's the movie where I like really fell in love with Emma Stone. She's wonderful. Yes. Um. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for hanging out. Jerry, thanks for hanging out. And uh, we'll catch you guys all next week. Hey, jingity jing. It's Dominic the donkey. Jingity jing. The Italian Christmas donkey. La 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 la. Santa's got a little friend, his name is Dominic The cutest little donkey, you never see him kick When Santa visits his paisans with Dominic, he'll be Because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey Jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey La la la, la 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 Jingle bells around his feet and presents on the sled. Hey, look at the Mayor's Derby on top of Dominic's head. A pair of shoes for Louie and a dress for Josephine. The label on the inside says they're made in Brooklyn. Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey. Jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey. La la la, la 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 la. La la la, la 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 la. Children sing and clap their hands and Dominic starts to dance. They talk Italian to him and he even understands. Kumaras and kumbaras do they dance a darandel. When Santa Nicola comes to town and brings Ujucharilla. Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey. Jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey. La la la, la 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 la. La 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 Hey, Dominic! Buona Natale!